this is the testing time. This is the time where God is really putting it, putting our faith to the test. And like Isaiah Reed said, faith that can't be tested can't be trusted. And when it's tested and we cling to the Lord in those times, it comes out refined, more pure than gold. It's, It's so precious to God and it gives him honor. Before the heavenly hosts, you know, there are our life of faith is being worked out not only for people in front of people, but it says that our uh, this plan of salvation that God enacted is being worked out in the presence of principalities and powers and hosts and, and all the angels, good and bad, the ones that are submitted, the ones who have rebelled. Our plan of salvation is being worked out for the benefit of these things. So it's uh, his glory. And so Maui was telling me how, how things just worked out. He went to Arizona. He met this guy, Augie. He became his disciple. These guys traveled together. It, it, it was unheard of that they were sharing cells. They moved back to the islands together. All these things. It just it doesn't happen. And so it was as if God took him specifically over there to meet this guy to be his discipler, you know. So God is able to work out these things in small details like that. So it's really powerful. And he, I forget how many praise the Lord's he's up to. Marcy, do you got the number on that? It's, it's like 1,800 or 18,000. I forget what he says. That every time he's going through something, he, he, I guess, I don't know if he's got a, tab, a, a, a tablet that he's writing this down. But every time he says, praise the Lord, you know, and he's writing this thing down. <laughs> praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. He's counting it as he goes up. Because there was times in this experience where it was so dark, it was so hard, that that was the only thing he could cling to. It was just that confession, praise the Lord. And he was counting them as he was doing them. And I thought he was just fooling around when he told me that. But when I talked to him yesterday, I'm up to this amount of praise the Lord's right now. I was like, wow, he's really counting those things, man. So it's good to hear his voice and to see that God is progressing him and moving him forward. I told him, we, you know, we'd been praying for him as a church. And he really, really appreciates that. You know, the strength of, of your guys' prayers and your love for him. And we'll have him soon back in our presence. And I'm sure he's going to have a million stories to tell us at that point. Um, the other call I got, I've been getting calls from Pastor Richard uh, Gad. I just got a call from him this morning from Uganda. And he... That's a man of God. I mean, we've been to Africa, and these people do not have a whole lot over there. They're they're very they live very humbly, and um, he was just telling me how they've gone into prayer. And he says the latest thing that they're doing is they're having a prayer watch where they get up every night of the week at twelve o'clock and and seek the Lord and watch and pray. And uh, he says, you know, he was he was sharing with me keys that they've seen. He says to do a ministry or just live life and to progress in this life that he says that uh, one of the things that he said, one of the keys was to have a burden, to have a burden, whether that be for our family. You know, we want to see things done. We want to see people saved. We want to see the ministry move forward. So he says there's a burden and he he chronicled or he um, talked about the book of Nehemiah when he was the cupbearer of the uh, king and he had a burden because he heard that the uh, the temple was in ruin and uh, the walls were, were burnt down and they were just in dis- disarray. And so he had a burden and he started uh, to uh, petition the king that he wanted to go there and redo it. And he did. And he went to the place and his burden was accompanied by prayer. 
And so he said he went to prayer and then the people's hearts were moved at this vision, at this burden, as well as the prayers behind it. And we know the rest of the story. I've, I've talked about it before, that they went to work in an environment of opposition, in an environment that was hostile to where they had to work with one hand with a trowel and the other hand with a, with a sword or a spear to defend the work that was going on. And um, they... Your enemies were looking at what they were doing and they go, this is such a feeble job or such a, such a um, manini thing that they're going to do that if a fox ran up on the wall, the thing would fall down. And they were mocking them as they were doing this. But the people's hearts were strengthened in this warring situation that they built the walls of Jerusalem in 52 days. And even their enemies had to come and look at it and says, that was God. With God, anything is possible. You know, we, we have our limited amounts of efforts that we put forth. But when God gets involved with it, he does the impossible. You know, we heard that in the testimonies that Paulette, you know, she said she shouldn't have even been here. But when we cry out to our God, he does the impossible. And he said the last key that he was saying that the Lord was speaking to them. And I believe this is very important, and especially in this hour which we're living. He said is the word to persevere, to be perseverant. To be able to hang in there when we don't see the results right away. When we don't see the, the horizon, when it's still dark, when it's at the, the midnight hour. Or like that saying goes, it's always darkest just before the dawn. And it says that we're not to faint. And he brought up um, Hebrews 12, he told me. Hebrews 12, which is you need endurance. That after you've done the will of God, that you would receive the promise. It talks about when we're, when we're um, running. Let me, let me read this. a powerful scripture in 12. It says, uh, we know this one. Hebrews 12, verse 1. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witness, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Um, it goes on in verse 12 of uh, chapter 12, it says, Therefore, strengthen your hands which hang down, and feeble knees, and make straight paths for your feet, so that what is laid may not be dislocated, but rather be healed. Pursue peace with all people and holiness, without which no one will see the Lord. Looking carefully, lest any fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up may cause trouble, and by this many become defiled. Lest there be any fornicator uh, and a profane person like Esau, who for one morsel of food sold his birthright. For you know that afterwards, when he wanted to inherit the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no place for repentance, though he sought it dil diligently with tears. You know, so it's, it's our job is to hang in there when we don't see it, when, when it's tough, when we're bus up, that we move forward. We call on the name of the Lord, looking unto Jesus. You know, it's like Maui was saying, have you ever been in that situation where it's, it's rough, man, and it's like, oh, this is hard. And we, we just have to keep our eyes on the Lord. And we think to ourselves, man, this is hard. I don't know if anybody ever endured this kind of stuff before. Everybody's endured stuff before. And our job is not to grumble at that time, but to keep our eyes on the Lord and know that he's loved, he loves us and he's for us. He's not against us. And the, the, the place, I think, when we get into a, a higher 
understanding of God's ways or when we're, it's a more mature attitude is when we go through things that we can actually thank the Lord that he trusts us enough in our walk that this is refining me and it's putting me into exercise to make me stronger so that I can move up in my relationship with the Lord. That's true maturity right there. You know, it just recently... Um, you know, Mika, thank you for bringing up my truck. It was a miracle. You know, I remember, you know, when, when we got into ministry and before we got into ministry, both Gretchen and I, you know, we had pretty decent jobs. We were, you know, making good money and doing stuff. And one of the cars that we had, we had a forerunner. And I remember at one point in our life that we released that, we gave that, that car away. And I thought in my mind, that's probably the last car I'm going to have like that. I just didn't see it on the horizon being able to make that kind of money to get that kind of vehicle again. You know, we were, it just was, it seemed unattainable. And then after that, go down the road and I prayed, okay, Lord, I need a new truck. I need a truck, a vehicle. And the money just, boom, it just came in. We prayed and the money came in and I was like, wow, I got the money, but I couldn't get the truck. It was like I, I had a particular model that I had in mind. It was my previous uh, forerunner. I'm not forerunner. My previous Tacoma, a silver, uh, not so much the color, but just a four-door, four-wheel drive, uh, you know, V6. That's what I wanted. And then the model just had come out previously. And so I had the money. You know, this $18,000 came in at the time to buy this. And so I was like, where do I get it? So we're driving through Haile Miley, and I see this truck passes by on the road. And I go, there it is. That's exactly the truck that I want. Went to Maui Toyota first. They go, no, we don't get used cars like that. If anybody has a car like that, they normally sell it to our friend or somebody, family member. We don't get them in like that. That model just came out. Here, pass us by. We're looking through the paper, looking all over. Couldn't really find it. Uh, it was on a Sunday, I remember, at church. We went home. Gretchen looked on Maui News on their online thing. She goes, wow, this truck just came in there. It just got, got posted right here. Where is it? It's down in Kihei. Let's go. So we jumped in our car, drove down there. By the time we got there, there was already, what was it? Three people inquired about buying it. And the guy says, well, the person who has the money gets it. I said, well, we got the money. So we bought it right there. So I was totally stoked. Huh? It's like, right on. And so, amen. I couldn't believe it. It was, it was uh, 2001. It only had like 23,000 miles on it. It was, it was like brand new. I said, why are you selling it? Well, I got two trucks. I got a, uh, I got a Tundra and I got a Tacoma. I'm going to sell the Tacoma. So I, I was just like, when I saw it, I go, you can't be selling that truck for that price. That's, that's amazing. Got it. And so time goes on. I had that truck. Whew, long time. I don't even know how many years, but I had it. And it was, it's still, you know, how many? 18. About 18 years I've been using that truck. And uh, really loved it. You know, it was, it was a, it's a great truck. And uh, so we were talking about it. Yeah, we, we saved up some money and we're like, I wanted to get a new vehicle. It was getting up there in years. And so um, we went out on this. And, and I'm not one. I was like, I could live with my truck. It's not a big deal. But yeah, it would be wise probably to get a new one. So we were praying about it at our prayer time. And we prayed that morning. It says, Lord, both that we prayed. It says, when we see this truck, we're going to know that's the one that we're going to get. And so we went down to that car mart over there in Kahului and I was I was almost wanted to fall over at some of the numbers and the proposals that they're making to you I was like are you serious are you is there something wrong with your head that you're telling me these numbers and uh 
So we, I was discouraged. I, oh, no, I just, I'm not really looking forward to this whole thing. I don't like haggling and that kind of mess. Uh. So we drive, we're driving down to Kia. We're going to go look at Kia auto sales down there. And uh, she gets it on her phone once again. She's like, wow, a truck just came in here over here at the Kia auto sales. So we go in there and look at what they had. They didn't have a whole lot of tr- cars down there. And he brings out one. I go, yeah, it's kind of nice. I go, what about this one over here? It was kind of hidden in the back. He pulls it out. I go, that's it. That's the one. Even though it was dirty and it needed, you know, it needed to be detailed and everything. Oh, this is the one. Took it for a ride. The guy, the salesman was a Christian guy. He goes to uh, Pastor Eddie's church. And uh, really nice guy. I had a good feel for it. So we worked the deal. Got the truck. He says, okay, we're going to leave it here a few days. Uh, let us detail it. Which they did. Uh, it looked like a brand new truck. when it, you know, it's, It still got some dents on it and everything. And then my old truck, you know, we were like, what do we do with this? And, and we're, I'm thinking, should I fix it before I sell it? And my daughter was in the car business. And she said, Dad, just offer what you're going to offer or put it out there at this price and just sell it as is. And I go, eh, yeah, I was hoping to maybe make it better or help, you know, fix it up. She goes, just sell it as it is. She puts, I was with, meeting with Pastor Rob on Tuesday morning. We prayed. We prayed that morning. Lord, please help this truck to sell. Cleaned it, I cleaned it up, detailed it, made it nice. Gretchen took some pictures, put it up on the internet, puts it up there. Within, what, three hours, there was like 36 calls on this thing. Texas, Texas, where people were texting. And finally, some, some serious people, a lot of people, I got cash, I'm coming right now, you know, and sold it like this. The first guy that came and saw it, we had one guy coming from Lahaina, it took too long, and so we're doing the test drive down our driveway, and the guy's pulling up with his car, and he goes, what? Uh, I said, this guy's coming, he goes, you gonna buy it? I'm gonna buy it. <laughs> Just like, boom, done. <laughs> it was that quick. I was shocked, man, shocked. He got, the guy who bought it says, you could have you easily got 12000 for this. I go, I, I felt good about what I got. It was good. So I just want to thank the Lord that, you know, your blessings as we walk in obedience, as we, we just, you know, submit these things to the Lord. We pray about it. Lord, be involved in this. How, I was just, I was shocked. It, how, it just went so smoothly, you know. And if, yeah, it was just amazing. So just thank you, Lord. I just want to thank you for that. Now, the flip side of that testimony, the devil is always trying to steal our joy. He's always trying to, you know, you have these highs, and all of a sudden, boom, trying to, no, we don't want that. And so, the other day, uh, two, two nights ago, Gretchen gets up to use the bathroom. She goes into the bathroom, and you know, we're on our, our, our own private water system over there. And with all this rain and everything, it gets kind of sketchy. And so she goes to turn on the valve and there's no water. So she gets me up at two Saturday morning. Yeah, Saturday morning. Oh, we got no water. I was like, oh no. And it's been raining up there. It's been really ugly, right? So I'm thinking, oh, I gotta go battle the elements to fix this water system. And so I'm up at two o'clock and I, I'm thinking about already, what am I gonna do? What am I gonna check? How am I gonna get this? And so I'm not sleeping, man. So I'm up at two o'clock in the morning, and as soon as the sun rose, I was out there doing my plan and check this and that. And I'm I'm all over the property and I'm thinking, no, there's still water in the tank, so that must be there's a broken pipe, but what could break? We got no cattle on the land right now now or nothing. How did I break a pipe? Go down, there it is, the thing's springing water. Don't ask me how that pipe broke. It just doesn't make sense, but it was leaking over there. Go down to the stream, because of the water was running so high, the, the pump itself was thrown on the side of the bank, so it wasn't pumping water, so the tank is low. And uh, 
and then I, I go through the whole thing and fix it all and, and I turn it on and I hear the, the pump running but no water's going into the tank so I go under the back and there's another broken pipe over there I'm like my goodness it took me all day to fix this but the point of that was the Lord really was testing my faith in that that I just was praying in the morning Lord please help me to find this help me to be able to do this help me not to grumble in doing it and that was uh, probably the biggest victory right there <laughs> is not grumbling and thanking him as you're, as you're finding the problem. Thank you, Jesus, that I was able to. Thank you, Jesus, that I was able to. But the devil constantly trying to steal our joy. He's trying to steal our testimony. He's trying to steal that. But the, 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 as he moves us forward in our faith, one of the things he's really trying to do is what Pastor Richard said, to be perseverant. To be perseverant. Not to get sidetracked by these distractions, but to keep our eyes on the Lord. And so... You know, and then, and then I'm working, I was doing yard work the other day, and I don't know what I did. There's this little weed on the property that's got choked thorns on it. I don't know what it is, but it, grow, it can grow into a tree, but it's a small uh, uh, plant that I saw one, and I go, I don't want that growing, so I pulled it out, and in the process, I got poked by some kind of thorn on that. And I can't even see the thorn. I can't even see it. But last night, my finger is just so sore. It's like throbbing, and I'm I go, I gotta go to sleep. I didn't sleep. I didn't sleep the whole night before. I gotta go to sleep, man. I gotta give a word to the church, man. And my head's just spinning, so I hardly slept last night. It's two nights, man. And I go, I don't need, I hope we have a lot of testimonies today. <laughs> but, but that was what the lesson I was getting to this is not to grumble. Don't grumble, man. Just, just be thankful. Thank you, Lord. You know, thank you, Lord. You know, even when it's, that's perseverance is to go through that and to know, you know, before my, my tendency would be, what did I do wrong? How come you've forsaken me, God? What did I do? Uh, uh, do I need to repent of something? You know, it's naturally, I would say that our inclination is to go that route. You know, what, what did I do? Did I, did I displease you somehow? And in reality, when you think about it, you know, when, you, when, you, when people say, keep your eyes on Jesus, look at Jesus. And when you see Jesus on the cross with him, him just nailed to the cross right there, and you wonder, do you really love me? Are you pleased with me? How much more could I prove to you that I love you? How much more? And you have to defer to that. You have to, you have to. It's not about how we feel. It's our faith in his completed work that pleases God, that we may make those choices, going to those difficult places that we say, you're not mad at me, you love me. And whatever's coming, like that scene says, whatever doesn't kill me makes me stronger. And if we make those choices, everything is a choice, how we're going to relate to it, how we're going to relate to it. So if we relate to it in that, in that lens right there, it's increasing us. It's strengthening us. It's not only that God is sitting on his throne and he goes, look at my kid down there. Look at my son down there. Look at my daughter down there. Look at the testimony that came out of their lips at that moment. And the angels are like, wow, they're shaking their head like, wow, this is by faith. They don't even see you. And they're making these choices. And the Lord is like, yep, that's my work in him. That's my Holy Spirit in them making that possible. And God receives glory for that. That's worship. What we do here on Sunday morning, that's worship. But that's also worship. When we're able to do that in those places. And the places where nobody sees it. 
Nobody sees it but God. God sees it. The attitude of the heart in that process, in the valley, when it's hard. You know, we make a faith choice. It says that Abraham pleased God before he was circumcised. Moses pleased God before the law because they chose faith. We choose faith. We've given, God has given us his word to testify of this, this message, this perseverant message, this prayerful message, this keep our eyes on the Lord. You know, during this time, we look at the evilness of this world right now. It's crazy. I can't imagine what they're going to do at the Super Bowl. If anybody, I'm sure you guys didn't watch, but the Grammys, and they're outright worshiping the devil on TV. It's like... You people are, I mean, I'm just praying that people would just be so disgusted with this and says, I'm done. I'm, I'm looking for an alternative to this. That's what we want to see in this country, that people say, I'm over this, man. You guys want to worship the devil? That's your kuleana, but I'm not going that route. That's who we have to be. So we testify of the goodness of the Lord. We testify of his plan of salvation, and his mercy in our lives, a plan that supersedes the mess that we're seeing right now. We know that what the Bible says, it talks about, you know, the, the signs of the times. And it says, how can you discern the weather? You know, you say that, the, you know, it's going to be clear because the clouds, you know, the sky looked this way. And then, oh, the uh, uh, red sky when the sun is going to, oh, it's going to rain tomorrow. How is it you can discern the si signs in the sky, but you cannot discern the time of which we're living right now? Jesus said these things, right? And so he's given us ample amounts of sign. He says, this is what it's going to look like before I come back. People are going to fall away. The love of many will grow cold because of iniquity. There'll be these things happening, but persevere through this time. Look to me. Keep your eyes on me. Be watchful. Be prayerful. It's important right now because there is reasons why we get tired. Oh, I don't know. I've heard this forever. Noah preached about building an ark for a hundred years before the flood. So it is a long term. It's a persevering walk. But man, that earthquake in Turkey. I mean, this, this is one of the signs. It says there'll be earthquakes in increasing measure in diverse places. Places that normally don't see earthquakes. There'll be pestilence. There'll be wars and rumors of wars. Hear anybody, anything about that lately? You know, just constantly this drumbeat and increasing in volume and intensity. It's just like Pastor J.D. Farage says, the word is tacos. It's going to increase like a tachometer. As the engine is revving up, the numbers are going to go higher. It's just going to increase with volume and speed and intensity, just like birth pangs of a woman. But he says, when you see these things, don't get discouraged. Don't be afraid. Lift up your heads because the redemption draweth nigh. We have hope. The world don't have hope. We are the dispensers of a hope that a world in, in hopelessness right now. That's God's job in us as uh, recipients of his Holy Spirit. You know, one of the things, we just did a baptism, and it was awesome. You know, we had uh, two people who had never been baptized before, two that renewed the baptism on this past Sunday. It was powerful, you know, and... Thanks to Mika, we have a, we coined a phrase. Every time when we baptize down there, there's always turtles down there. And so when he said, when you go down into that water and you come out, you're going to have a whole new life. <laughs> I give credit to Mika. He was the one who came up with that. You got a whole new life. 
The turtles were there, man. I, I was looking in the water. Where's the turtles? Where's the turtles? Oh, there they are, sitting on the sand, sunning themselves right there. And so he dunked these guys in there, and it was powerful. And that act of obedience, it says in the Bible, it says, this isn't in the book of Hebrews, it says that act of baptism is not a removal of the filth from the flesh. That's not what it is, because we take a shower every night, or we should anyway, you know. And it's not that, but it's an answer of a good conscience towards God. Because the illustration is, we've been baptized into Christ. We've been baptized the death, the burial, the resurrection. So we stand there and we testify this. When somebody is baptized, they're proclaiming in a public place in front of people that I'm going to identify with the death of Christ. So you go into the water. That's the death. And then the burial, you're underwater. And then when you come up, it represents resurrection. And so when you come up out of that water, I am no longer I, but I'm in Christ now. So when God looks at me, he looks at me through the righteousness of Jesus Christ. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus now. And that's a powerful realization to come to. It's a fight to hang on to that. Because what happens is, after you get baptized, you, feel, you might feel like, wow, I feel clean. I feel fresh. I confess it. I want this out of my life. And then, the next thing you know, that thing comes and tempts you again. And then you might even give in to it. And you feel all disgusted. And goes, well, maybe it didn't take. Maybe i got to go dunk again in the ocean or something. But in reality, that is a common fight to everyone. It's the flesh against the spirit. You are already a new person in Christ because God said so. But there's a warfare that goes on at this point, And we have to identify what God said over what I feel, over even my experiences. But we bring it to the Lord and says, no, that's not who I am anymore. You know why? Because that bothers me. And I don't want that anymore. So that proves that I'm a new creation. Before, I wouldn't even think of that before. Right? Like, uh... Dan Mueller, he says, sometimes you get these, these videos run through your head, and you're like, oh my God, where did that come from? Something in your past, or something you're ashamed of, it just runs through your head, and you're stunned, you're like, whoa, maybe I'm not really born again. No, that's not the proof. The proof that it came from outside of you, and coming in, and you're, and you're abhorred by this, is proof that you are born again. And you have to identify with that and says, no, I'm not going on my feelings. I'm not going by my experience. I'm going on what the Word of God says. I am baptized into Christ. I, I am no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. There is therefore now no condemnation of those who are in Christ Jesus who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. So we line up with what the Spirit says. This is who I am in Christ. This is the direction I'm going. This is my destiny. And we don't give in to the lies of the enemy. We don't get into that condemnation. We don't get into that, well, I'm just a worm. I guess, I'm, I guess other Christians are better than me, but I'm really not that kind of Christian. No, this is what I'm talking about is common to every single believer. But it's the choices we make at that point. What do we choose to do at that point? Am I going to say I'm a worm? Or I am, the, I, yeah, I guess I'm really not what I thought I was. Or this is my, no, we go to the word. And that's what it says, keeping your eyes on the Lord. Jesus says, I am the word. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. And you think, well, how does this work? 
keeping your eyes on Jesus. I can't see him physically. He gave us his word. He's the living word. As we meditate on this, we get it in our, in our mind. It says, man, that sounds too good to be true. But it is true. And if God says it's true, who is man or who is the devil to say it's not true? If he says, I justify you, I challenge Who is the one who says you're not justified? It says that in Romans, Romans 8. If God justifies, who's going to say you're not? And we only, it says we're saved by faith and not by works. So in, especially when we screw up or we, we don't feel it, we don't feel it. Because it's not about feelings, it's about faith. And we choose faith over our feelings. God says, hallelujah. That cost me a lot for you to be able to make that choice. And it becomes more valuable with time. Instead of the way that they tried to present it with Paul, they were always trying to, you're saying that I should just sin plenty so that if I sin plenty that I get plenty grace. He goes, you're missing the whole point. I'm talking about a power that cancels out this power. I'm talking about the power of forgiveness. I'm talking about the power of Jesus' blood. I'm talking about the power of resurrection that cancels out sin and shame and all this in your past. It cancels it out if we choose by faith to believe what God said. That's where the, that, it loses its power. It says in Corinthians, if the forces of hell would have known that this is what would be the result, they would have never crucified Christ. We wouldn't have done it. We, we cut ourselves off when we did that. Oh my, what a mistake. We thought we had him. And then three days later, he resurrects and says, okay, anybody has faith in this? What I just did has eternal life at the moment they believe this. Oh no, that's, that's the worst news in hell to begin with. The worst news. And it says the prince of it shook hell. It shook them at their core. In fact... Like I said, this war, this war of the seeds, this war of principalities, the war of God, is God righteous? Is the devil have a better plan? Is he have more liberty, more freedom? Is he going to give you more stuff? Or is God the God of justice? This is all being played out in the panoply of history and, and eons. It's all going, and we're part of that. And when Jesus did what he did, he conquered. It says he made a public spectacle of principalities and powers, nailing the handwriting of requirement, the law, the Ten Commandments, nailing it on the cross. That's what it says in Colossians. Giving us the keys of victory, giving us the keys of eternal life. He goes down. In that three days, he went down into Tartarus. He went down into the heart of the earth, and he proclaimed this victory to the principalities and powers, to these rebellious angels that were held in chains of darkness, it says, there is no redemption for you. You guys rebelled, and you're cut off, and I have the keys of this authority. Boom, grabs it from them. You are consigned to hell forever, and anybody wants to rebel with you, that's the path that they can choose. But I have stripped this authority from the devil. He doesn't have it. So we now make a faith choice to say, I'm following Christ. I'm following Christ. He's a winner. You want to cheer about a winner? Jesus is the winner. Amen? And we're winners because we're in Christ. We're more than conquerors. We're more than conquerors through Christ who died and resurrected. We're more than conquerors. This is a super Sunday to give that message. This is the victorious message. I've said this before. Does who, who remembers who won the Super Bowl last year? 
You, I know we got football fans in here, so that's not a fair question for you guys. But I can't remember who it was. I think it was the Rams, right? Rams. Okay. How about five years ago? <laughs> Probably. Yeah, that's a, that'd be a good guess. Probably the Patriots and their dynasty. What's Cowboys? In Derek's world. <laughs> But we all remember who came out of the grave on a resurrection morning. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> That's reason to cheer. That's reason to celebrate. Amen. Lord, we give you thanks that you revealed this to us. You know, there's, there's many people out there. You tell them this message and they'll shake their head. Well, that's good for you. It's good for you too. You don't get it. It's good for everybody. It's the best news, man. Lord, open up our eyes. Open up our ears. Open up our hearts to be able to be a dispenser of this truth right there. That is the game changer. We, we, we took us from darkness and from a destiny to go to hell to a kingdom of light to be his beloved. You know, he calls us beloved. What a word, man. You are my beloved. And, and to hear this, because we're getting bombarded by so many negative things, to hear this, this is what God says about us, man. If God be for us, who can be against us? If it's God who justifies, who is him who brings condemnation? We just accept it in faith and says, maybe I don't feel it right now, but I'm persevering through this trial because you said so, and there is going to be light at the end of that tunnel. There's going to be blessing. Amen? It's like I said, man, in the natural, oh, when I watch my forerunner go away, I go, I'll never have a car like that again. It's beyond my means. But God is good. He's able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all what we think are ass. He goes beyond our means. He goes beyond our resources. He goes beyond our, our intelligence or our thinking. And he's blessing us when we choose faith. It says it's impossible to please God without faith. But those who live by faith, God is looking. It says, I'm scanning the earth to show myself strong on behalf of somebody whose heart is loyal towards me. I look at faith as like you're in a darkness. You remember that saying that says, it's better to light a candle than to curse the darkness. That we're going through a dark time and we're, oh, it's so cold, it's dark. It's, 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 and, then we, and we just go on and on with our rat instead of getting our flint and striking something and getting something. Okay, okay, we're going to burn. Uh, I'm, I'm kindling faith right now. And the Lord is looking over the whole creation and said, whoa, I see a signal fire over there. Go send some angels to bring assistance to that situation. That we kindle a fire in a dark time that gets God's attention. And we have faith that even if it is dark, I know he's watching me. I know he's got his eye on, on me. Because of my covenant with Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. That's good news. That's good news. Amen. Thank you, Lord.